If you were to ask me the moment I became the most vulnerable is when I finally let go of the last thing. That was my own struggle with depression and anxiety. That is such a stigma that it didn't even occur to me to talk about it on the air. Like this barrier in our relationship where I'm the DJ in this case and you're the listener is kind of gone. Now we're just hanging and I think you'll listen differently, you'll trust differently and you'll be able to relate differently. Hey everybody and welcome to another of our series on servant leadership here at Selen. We are joined today by my good friend John Richards from KEXP. For those of you who listen to KEXP, you've probably been listening to him and hearing him in the morning and I'm super grateful to John for joining us today. For all of you at Selen who have been following along on our uh, Servant Leadership series, you know that we are covering the five different ways of being that are part of Servant Leadership. One of them, and I believe one of the most important, is this notion of the opportunity and responsibility for us as leaders to bring vulnerability into our leadership approach, into the relationships we're building with folks on our team, um, and really folks in our lives, and the power of vulnerability in uh, creating trust in a relationship. And uh, I remember years ago, somebody shared with me that there's this sort of ancient formula that when someone brings vulnerability into a relationship, it often, most often, uh, inspires some empathy in the other. And it is through that vulnerability and empathy that you get to a different level of trust in the relationship. And that's really valuable in our personal lives as well as our professional lives. So as, as we think about the opportunities that we have to build relationships that matter in our lives from a servant leader's perspective, it's really on us to bring that vulnerability into the relationship. And being vulnerable in the workplace is super awkward sometimes <laughs> and also super powerful as as john i think will attest to and share a little bit with us today but what that looks like is as a leader being willing to share with folks on your team the things that you're anxious about what you're nervous about what you're worried about what you're afraid of um, whether that's the way you are perceived by others or the the potential you know, challenges on a project or in your day-to-day -day job in any capacity. So sharing that vulnerability, bringing forward in a really kind of normalizing the conversation around the things that make us anxious um, and afraid and vulnerable is a really powerful thing. And as leaders, the onus is upon us to, to start with that, to lead with that, to bring that into the conversation. But because by doing that, we make it easy and we make it normal and we make it sort of allowed for others on our team to bring that same vulnerability. Ideally, that creates empathy on both sides. And in that empathy, you've created a higher level of trust. And that's really what servant leadership is really about. It's about creating really high trust relationships with the people that you're leading or the relationships you're building in your life so that you can help folks become their most effective and impactful selves, whether that's in their work life or their whole life. Um, that's, that's our job as servant leaders is to help people be their best. Um, and you can only do that if you've established a high trust relationship with them. So with that as a backdrop, we're going to dive into a, some conversation with John. And John, thank you again for being willing to join us. When I was thinking about this topic, I, I've not known, I don't think anyone in my life who has led um, with more vulnerability than you have and that you do on your show all the time and just in your life in general. So thank you for agreeing to 
share some of that with us. Um, and we'll get to vulnerability specifically, but maybe for those at Sullen who maybe haven't yet found the gift of KXP, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your role and about KXP and sort of that journey? Yeah, I could take up this entire conversation with that journey, but I'll, keep, I'll give you the condensed version. Uh, KEXP is, I think, rightly known as the, probably the most influential music station in the country, if not the world. It's located right here in Seattle, in a beautiful building, I might add, um, at Seattle Center that I think y'all had something to do with. Um, and uh, we've been at this for over 50 years, the station at 90.3, uh, streaming around the world. Uh, we have listeners in every country, I, I think, every continent, every state, throughout Canada, throughout Mexico. We have billions of views for our YouTube channel. We have successful podcasts. We um, basically create community through music, champion music, and um, put it out all over the world and connect people. Music's here. You're here. Our job is to bring these two together. Um, in my role, I started when I moved here from uh, Spokane back when I was very young and um, was the UW and um, stumbled up to the station on crutches one day uh, after I hurt myself playing Ultimate. I am the founder, by the way, of the UW Ultimate team. So shout out to uh, Huskies. And I, had, I was really feeling bummed out about that situation and said, I just keep coming back to you till I till you let me keep staying. Like I, I just kept hobbling on these crutches. I think without the crutches, I may have never gotten the gig, but it was all volunteer. And um, and as time went on and the station grew, I grew with the station. At some point, uh, Paul Allen saved the station through a very generous $3 million donation when we might have been done. And um, that's when things kind of took off, didn't touch the programming. And we actually started making a living at this. They kind of gave us DJs and some of us in leadership roles, the keys to the car and to see what we could do. And with that in mind, we created this place and and at some point changed just broadcasting out and asking for your support into, hey, let's bring everyone together now that we're secure. You can't do that if you're not secure. You're fighting for your lives. But once you can, it was our duty to start keeping our community connected and really doing more out there. So over the years, that's sort of been my role to lead that on the air. I do the morning show, doing that every day, 7 to 10 a.m., and uh, as a creative director, which means if there's something on the air or a theme or a direction, I probably have something to do with it. Or it's either my fault or you can thank me for it. It's, it's usually it's your fault. It's it's usually, yeah. yeah, that's usually what happens. Like, I don't like that. You get that a lot more. So you kind of got to suck it up. But yeah, welcome I, uh, to leadership, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a, that was a tough thing. You know, I didn't you know go to school for for that. It was a it was definitely a learning curve for me to take the criticism and allow the compliments or the positive feedback to not necessarily go your direction. And that that was kind of a thing I learned and it helped me quite a bit actually. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a journey. It's 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 been it's been I don't even know. I could I could go on for hours. But yeah, you can find me on the morning show. I'll leave it at that. Right on. Well I I happen to because we've been pals for a while now, I think I know a bit of the story of when sort of vulnerability sort of showed up live on your show. Um, but for those who have don't know the background and the history there, can you share with us sort of the origins of sort of where, where you got started sharing more about yourself and your feelings and your loss and those kinds of things? on? Yeah, yeah there's, I, I, you know, I look back at this and, and you know, I, we just passed the anniversary of my mother's uh, uh, death. And, and it makes me look back a little bit on these different stages, I think, that you go through 
being vulnerable in life, let alone in front of thousands and thousands of people live on the air. I was I was busy trying to be a DJ. I, I look back now, I was trying real hard to be a DJ. This is how you do it. This is how you do the job. You know, now I look back and think if anyone tells me that's the way you do it, you run the other way. But at the time, I felt like I was supposed to be this guy. And so I was trying to be the guy. And I was on the air also on Saturday nights doing a local show called Adi Oasis. Still on the air. Longest running local show uh, anywhere, really. And my dad had been had a tough relationship with my father over the years. And um, he was dying of cancer. Uh, and so my brother and I were out there quite a bit in the months maybe even more leading up to his death, dealing with that. You're dealing with a tough relationship in history and a death, an impending death. And it was brutal. It was it was a really hard time. And at some point, I thought I should talk about it on the air, but I just didn't. I just, that's not what you do. I hadn't heard that on the radio. You hear stories of death. You hear news stories and you hear, you hear NPR stories of a journey someone went through. But you just don't hear regular people talking about it. And so yeah. uh, he died on a Saturday. And I had the shift and I'm still, you know, green enough to think I well, I can't ask for a sub. So I'll just go in <laughs> like hours after my father died. And I hopped, I was about to hop on the mic and I was in, we we're at the time we were in a temporary place. It was actually Kane Hall in the basement. It's kind of a perfect place to be, I think, uh, dark, uh, no windows. And I just got on the mic and I just out of nowhere just said, hey, my dad died. And this show is going to be, it, it's going to be tough. And uh, I'm going to play some local music that I think will kind of talk about those feelings that I have. And the phone lines rang up and messages started pouring in. And it wasn't just, a, I'm so sorry. What I noticed too, it was, yeah, you know, I had a death in my family or the grief can be hard or thank you. Uh, it really hit me. And so I more and more started to get a little more honest on the air about my life. And then my mom uh, was diagnosed with lung cancer just a few years later. And then I, it was right after, well, it was before my first son um, was conceived. I had learned of her cancer. And I think that's probably why we sped up having a baby at the time too, when I look back. And she's over in Spokane. And so we, I started having to leave and I realized if I'm going to be off the air, I got to tell people what's going on. And so I was letting people know um, what I was going through. That my mom, who I'm very close to, was dying. And I was first doing chemo and we talked about that and we talked all kinds, you know, of what those feelings were like. And then when she passed, I played the music that we had agreed to play at her funeral that we had listened to in her deathbed in our living room. And I started talking more about that. And after that, it became more about listeners starting to talk about their stories. As you get further out from grief, it, it allows you to let other people's grief in. And I think, though... If you were to ask me the moment I became the most vulnerable is when I finally let go of the last thing. And that was my own struggle with depression and anxiety. That is such a stigma that it didn't even occur to me to talk about it on the air because I thought no one would ever listen to me again. They would, I'd be shamed. Um, people wouldn't want to hear it. I even uh, worried what KXP would think. And I've never really worried too much about that. They've always been very supportive of kind of the direction of, of what I my journey there. I don't remember exactly when I started talking about it, but I, I kind of have an idea and I was in a pretty low place and I took some time off and I came back from it and uh, and I started talking about my depression and my anxiety and just how overwhelming it was. And then my rush with suicidal thoughts in high school and uh, when I dropped out 
of high school for a year. And like, I realized as I'm coming to terms and therapy in my own life with my depression and, and figuring out what happened in high school, like I couldn't figure out, like, you know, I was into sports and I was popular and like, it was all good. And then it was all real bad. And I couldn't figure out what happened. And it finally occurred to me that it was this. And so once I start talking about that is when like, there's nothing left. Like once you talk about that, I think you're open to talk about anything. And that's really been the last decade, I think. Well, it's such an incredible journey that you've been on and your willingness to share it so publicly. <clears throat> um, the impact that it's had um, is really remarkable. And because I have been a listener for a long time, I, I hear it all the time. And because I'm a volunteer with the station, I hear all the 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 backstories and um, have have really come to appreciate the influence it has had throughout the station and throughout lots of components of how KXP operates. Part of the reason we talk about the importance of of being vulnerable and bringing that to relationships is that you're hoping to create that empathetic response and build a higher trust relationship. And I'm sure that there's probably been moments when that's not been true. But Mike's my my experience of being on the outside looking in, it seems like it's been stunningly successful in helping you create these high trust relationships with listeners all over the country, all over the world, certainly all over our city. Can you talk a little bit about what, what that's been like? I mean, there is the, uh, <laughs> the one thing I didn't realize would like, if I play a set with Elliot Smith and Nick Drake, you know, like super, like a mellow Neil Young song, if I do more than one in a row, I get the emails and texts like, you do, you okay, man? You all right? Like they, they're assuming I'm off in myself, man. They're just, and I, people are in. I'm like, here. I'm okay. Actually, they don't, I try to explain this to people. I actually don't listen to like sad music or like the cure. They'll be like, oh, you must be from like, no, no, no. I listen to cure when I'm happy. Yeah. I love I'm a weirdo. Like I'm feeling fine. Actually. It's when you hear like really obnoxious things, you should probably start worrying more. So there is, you know, there's there's a little bit of the like, uh, you know, it, it can be consuming because you worry that if it identifies you, that's just who you are. And yeah. and it's important to communicate that that's not. Um, but that's, you know, and but but as far as like people reacting negatively to it, I, I, I have trouble finding to I, you know, I'm in I'm in media. So you always get your grumpy people, but I don't let them take sure. it out for free in my head. So that's usually centered in something else. So if you were just to go with the listeners in general, the outpouring of support and just the being able to relate um, increased tenfold. You worry, right? You worry. I worried. I told you I worried. I worried too, listeners in our relationship. I worried that if I took, if I, if I take time off for my mental health, for instance, I worried I'd be replaced. Or if I, if I admit that, or if I'm really down and I admit it to my manager, I'm worried there's going to be like, we got to start looking for someone else. This guy's, it's not good. Um, you wouldn't do that if it was physical, most likely, right? Like yeah. it'd also be illegal, but you, you like, you wouldn't like, well, I can't tell him about this broken arm, man. I don't, you know, um, maybe if you're a football player, but I worried about that. And I, it took me a long time not to. And I worried what listeners uh, would say, but I think once I started with grief, once that got out, and I saw how like real people responded, the outpouring and the like being able to relate meant more. And for me, that's important. I'm presenting you music. We pick the music. So if you know the dude and you kind of know where he's coming from, I think you trust them more. 
there's there's not a there's no the barrier is gone of our like this barrier in our relationship where i'm the dj in this case and you're the listener is kind of gone now we're just hanging you kind of know me you know what's going on some of it and i think you'll listen differently you'll trust differently and you'll be able to relate differently and so it's also been very successful in that people support the station in that it's a nice kind of side <laughs> a little side note to all this it isn't why we this isn't used to raise money or awareness but it has given us an ability to even be more successful because people are like that's something i want to support i want to get behind these people who are vulnerable and can be themselves and aren't answering to anybody else and so the the all i can say is the entire station the success of the station our ability to reach the community the respect that we have and then the deep heartfelt messages that i could go on about tenfold i mean it's it's been incredible to be honest with you to mm -hmm. see that it didn't cause us to sink it didn't cause us to be like i don't want to listen to those depressing depressed bastards over there at kxp it was i can i can relate to this guy and this place so the response has been incredible and not what i thought it would be to be honest yeah and i i love two, two things about all of that and what you've built there um first the you know, it's it's all sort of wrapped in this this phrase of you are not alone and the power of that in, uh, you know, creating connection and community and trust. <clears throat> and, and you know, you become so much more valuable in those people's lives because of your willingness to share and, and be vulnerable. That, that But that notion that, you know, we're not alone, where everybody's dealing with something. Um, oftentimes stuff that others aren't aware of. Um, and this notion that, um, you know, we're all in it together. Everybody's got their, their burden to carry and their struggle. And, um, just that calling that what it, what it is. And this notion that we're all in this together and we should, we should support each other, um, and lift each other up. As you know, I think I do these video series around selling called Scott Talks. And I've been signing off at the end of those with sort of the combo phrase of you are loved and you are not alone. And you are loved yeah. sort of came from my wife and our relationship and you are not alone obviously came from you. Um, but it's been, it's been sort of my sign off here at selling for a while. And I'm, it, it, it's such a powerful thing. And I've experienced on the receiving end from, you know, all the work that you and others at KXP do and how powerful that is. And I wanted to sort of amplify that here at Salon as well and let people know, especially we started those things in the midst of COVID and all that. And people were just going through it, you know, people just had mm -hmm. some stuff and wanted them to know that even at work, they weren't alone, right? This is the place where we can support and love and look out for each other. And that's an important part of our culture and who we are and how we show up every day. So. It's funny you say you have a little double sign off there. Mine is my other one. And I think words have meaning, man, and they, they're yeah. important. And mine is you're doing your best and you're going to be okay. Because um, yeah. I just think people, I don't think enough people tell you that. You're doing yeah. your best. Like you may not feel like it and you may not feel like you're going to be okay. But between yeah. that and you're not alone and you're not alone is exactly what you said. In whatever it is, there are other people suffering in their own way. But they are. And so we have to be kind to one another because we have no idea. The guy who cuts you off and you are so mad, well, his grandma just died. Or that dude who did that, you know, that guy who's angry and at the store, he's like, you know, his wife just left him or whatever. Like he it, it's 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 tough out there. And I think we forget that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The the other piece I really love is 
the sort of the the and then what part to it, which is music heals, right? Um, yeah. And you guys have, you know, obviously amplified that in, in remarkable ways. And, you know, I've experienced it. You've experienced it. So many people who are regular listeners of KXP have experienced it. Um, and this notion that in in our um, hardest times, music is an incredible resource to all of us. And um, I continue to talk about that around here and suggest to folks who I know are struggling to, to find some music that helps them. Music is also awesome when you're partying and in, in a joyful moment and all that. But uh, when things get tough, music has an incredible healing power. And I've had, I've been saved by it myself a couple of times and just can't, I just so grateful to you and to KXP and for, for making sure that it was available from a source that I trusted and loved and, and uh, sort of knew was coming from a good place, right? So it, it just the value of what you have built and what you guys do with Eric KXP is really remarkable, and I'm I'm so personally grateful for it. So thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that, and I mm-hmm. I think humans picking it out now more than ever is is resonates with certain people who need some kind of human <laughs> connection to it. And as I've always said, if you don't have the words somebody else does someone has made a song there's words out there that will tell the story that has that you can't you don't have the capacity to and god bless them for doing that one more reason we all should be supporting artists as much as possible so they can continue to help us but i had a i had the church on my show the other day and the church is a band i grew up listening to starfish it is an incredible album under the milky way forget about it. this is it's a perfect song and I, I'm watching them play and I'm, you know, sick, whatever, 13-year-old John is is psyched, you know, and it's kind of hitting me. And, and I finally, at the end, I'm like, I should probably say something. These guys probably saved my life. And I realized in the moment, I said, you're, I can picture your tape on my nightstand at home, the starfish thing, you know, he's nodding. I said, and your voice, um, when I hear it here, reminds me of, what a blanket that was, what a comforting blanket and made me feel safe when I was in a really bad place. And to be able to tell him that simply his voice, let alone, because he's a beautiful voice, let alone his songs under the Milky Way and Reptile and these incredible songs on that album. There was a time in my life, man, that tape was like, in case of emergency, this is, this is what you need. And that dude standing in front of me and I'm like, I am definitely telling him. And um, it was nice. You you could see his response that he doesn't necessarily hear that all the time. And they should. I wish we all could tell them what, what these musicians have done for us. Just kind of moving toward maybe wrapping it up, because I know I could you and I could go on for hours and we have in the past over beers. <laughs> but a uh, couple things. One, um, I think when we talk to leaders around selling about the power of vulnerability and sort of the, uh, in our view, kind of a responsibility of the leader to, to bring that into their relationships with their teams. Was there, that's also, that's often viewed as a really scary thing, a really, a really difficult thing, especially, you know, we're in a rough and tumble historically relatively machismo sort of culture. And so for guys and gals who grown up in sort of, you know, this notion that if you're in construction, you're tough and you're, you know, you're not vulnerable and, you know, you're not scared and worried and <laughs> sad and all those things. Um, 
you know, that's a hard, really hard thing for a lot of folks. And how did you sort of start or, you know, was there somebody that was uh, someone else in your life that modeled that in an interesting way for you? Or you talked about the story of when you started, but any advice, I guess, for somebody who's thinking about it as a really scary thing to do? For me, it kind of started almost seeing how much destruction was being done to people who didn't. I think that's where it started. And it can go from Kurt Cobain to so many other artists that I loved and saw live and listened to nonstop and to see how they couldn't be vulnerable. They just kept going until it killed them. Like to me, that was the scary part. And then be honest, it was it was another DJ. It was uh, my favorite DJ to this day, Riz Rollins. And Riz would shout out people in prison um, and what they're going through while they they would listen to his show. And I thought how brave that was to to bring up these people who are in jail on the air and then have empathy for them. And so I started to hear this empathy and this understanding of other people on the radio, and it actually helped me quite a bit. And then I think being vulnerable sort of, I think seeing my mom become vulnerable, she was tough, tough as nails, mother of three, single mom, worked in law enforcement. Um, She was, she's tough. She's tough. I look back and I realize how tough she was. But when she um, hit a certain point in her life, she was very honest about going through what she went through with my father and what it was like to go back into the workforce and then to change your career. And she was very open about it and very vulnerable about it. And that I, uh, to me, that made her my hero, um, that she could talk about that with others and speak about it out loud to others, her journey. And I think it had this, it was in there when I saw what it was doing to people who didn't. And that was scary. That was very scary because I had my own people in my life and people I knew who grew up with who had taken their own lives. Um, And I think if you bottle this up, it's so unhealthy. It's worth taking the risk and it's worth putting yourself out there and you will be shocked at how many people feel the same way and appreciate that you could be honest with them. For me, even in media, it's tough, but I'm also then part of a nonprofit, you know, public radio station. So it's like, I think we're expected to do this. You know, there's a lot less pressure. I can't imagine the pressure there. Like my buddy who's a firefighter, like he, he (laughs) is like, nope. You do not talk about this. And so for him to open up almost seems impossible to me, um, but he does. And he's had nothing but great response from it. So yeah. I think you have to trust humans more than we probably do. And we have to get out of these cycles that we are all in. And for me, I didn't have a choice. At the end of the day, I had to be vulnerable because I had to be on the radio and to be on the radio, I had to be me. And to be me was to be vulnerable. And so at some point I was like, even if I lose my job, I have to do this. <laughs> I didn't have a choice anymore. That's awesome. Great, great advice. And so true about, you know, the potential consequences of not being vulnerable are horrible. And um, that that's another great way to think about and trying to get the guts up and the courage up to, well, to look, share look, at, look at sports stars who, who have, who have like, you know, skip the Olympics or or not be able to play because they've admitted they've got mental health and and they get they get called out as being weak or yeah. being you know not by a certain group of people not being committed you know right. they get over it toughen right. up yeah I mean I 
we have to know by now but that's not you're not it's like oh you're sick oh you have a cold like we used to say that about that like oh just toughen up you just go to work sick well you see where that gets us like don't go to work sick and also don't do that if you're if you're not feeling well up here and and if we could get that even into the mainstream that you can feel bad up here and it's the same as this physical thing and sometimes they're related what a much better healthier society we would live in so one last question um this is for we a lot of hopefully a lot of you know emerging leaders and aspiring leaders at selling are tuned into this and you've obviously gone from a kid walking up on crutches to being <laughs> you know sort of a big deal in not just the station but in your field and what, what do you what what would you share about um leadership and um following your dreams and those kinds of ideas for people who are aspiring leaders here at selling you know i and i tell my kids the same thing but i I, you have got to try everything you you've got to go down roads and paths that you don't feel comfortable in you you've got to try things i'm talking in your professional life and in your personal life yeah. If you don't do that, you're never going to learn about yourself. You're never going to understand who you really are and what your what your interests are. And then it makes it easier to understand other people. Uh, I managed 40 DJs and that's like herding cats, man. It is. It, we are a work lunatics. <laughs> and then I did this for years and the feedback was very positive. And what I learned was everybody is different. Everyone communicates different. Everyone has a different background. Everyone is coming from a different, you've got to hear them. You've got to understand they're in a journey as well. They've got dreams. They got hopes. You got to hear all of that. And I just think if you close yourself off personally to experiencing life experiencing different things, trying new things on the side, like is the funniest thing to me that people I've been at the station probably longest now in the year, I think. And it's funny to me because I can't stand to be complacent and I can't stand routine and I need to, but I realize what's kept me going is I get to continue to challenge myself to be better. I challenge myself every day on the air to be better and to, or to connect more. Um, And while I'm doing that, I'm also open to bar and I started a podcast and I am involved in different, you know, groups and different a record club causes and a record club, a vinyl record club, which is incredible, by the way, Scott. Um, and uh, all these different kind of things have been popping up along the journey that have come along with this, this vision that I've had. And so I've stayed clear to my vision while continuing just to keep just keep keep experiencing different things along the way. Life is too short, man, to just be down one road. And if you can bring these things with you, then this road can really be an incredible journey, if that makes sense. You're you're kind of collecting all this stuff as you go and life experiences and not selling yourself short. And the minute you say, I I can't do that. Like when I, I, I had a friend run a marathon and I was like, I'm a runner, but I couldn't do that. And the minute I said that out loud i i had to go train for mayor that's the rule if you say you can't do that the next thing you have to do is figure out how to do that and i did and i've done that with a number of things the bar included like i could never i could never <laughs> but you know five years of planning and we finally did it so yeah i i i think that's my advice i just i just feel like you have got to keep trying new things you've got to keep not being complacent like if i was complacent in music 
my show would be so boring. <laughs> it would be, you know, your grandma is a, at some point, the furniture just stops or the aunt, they just stop. It's just some, some year it just ended and all the, everything just stopped in 1974. And you're like, Rose, what happened? Like you just stopped the carpet just never changed. Like think of that in your own life. Like don't just pause suddenly and, and you look around you and suddenly the only thing you're listening to is from 1984 or the only thing you own is from this. Like it's the same with your life. If, if you're not continually kind of moving forward and, and figuring out who you are, because we change along this journey quite a bit. Yeah. I, I just think you'll have trouble leading other people or yourselves to a, to a happy life. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, one of the other of the five ways of being in servant leadership, one of the other ways of being is around authenticity. And that's all around being true to yourself, taking the time to really connect with the things you really care about. <clears throat> and oftentimes you don't know until you've tried a, a bunch of stuff to really figure right. out what motivates right. you, so what, what you're passionate about, what excites you, what you aspire to. You really need to figure your own stuff out before you can possibly be effective as a leader. So yeah, it, yeah. it takes work and it's not, and the hardest part is not being the thing or the person that someone else thinks you should be, but really getting in touch with who you are and what you care about and then living that life because that, that seeps out in ways that have a huge impact. And don't, give up when you go down a path of something that doesn't work like that is such a great thing to happen to you you go down a path and it just doesn't work and or even a relationship and you go down this and it, and you, oh my god you've learned so much from this do not give up once that happens and you yeah. realize you if you look at it again relationship work whatever it is you probably weren't being authentic to yourself and it'll teach you to be because you're right everything i've done everything that's kind of led me along it all <laughs> feel like things like if you were to open my brain up, that would you would see this bar, you'd see this record club, you'd see the, <laughs> like this radio show. It's got to be like that. Open it up. Is that who you are? Is that who you are? Is that who what you believe in? And you'll be successful at it if the answer is yes. It's awesome. Thank you, John. I can't thank you enough for taking some time to share your thoughts with all of us at Salon and. Uh, Again, thank you for all you do for everybody listening to KXP all the time. It's just the, the impact is incredible. And I hear it all the time and I see it in the work that you do and the station does. And I'm just super proud to have been, you know, along for the ride at a few moments and really cool stuff. So, and I'm, I'm so grateful for our friendship as much as anything. So thank you for that as well. 